Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Morning, church. Um, as you will know, and let's hope, ah, uh, we don't know whether the PowerPoint's going to work or not, but as you know, we've started a new series entitled Jesus the Giant Slayer. Uh, and we've already had an introduction from Heather, and we've already looked at the giant of fear last week. Wasn't that amazing? Sam's word was absolutely amazing on the giant of fear, and I thought, oh, crumbs, I've got to follow Sam. Um, I think this is a really interesting subject, as we all have giants in our lives, whether we like to admit it or not. I have to admit to enjoying reading what Louise Glow has had to say on the subject. Now, this week, we're going to look at that very scary giant, rejection. Now, I don't know. Oh, yes, there might be a PowerPoint. Have a look at the first two slides that are coming up. Those are my two grandsons. That's Ben and that's Josh. And a couple of weeks ago, we took our grandsons on an annual train trip. Uh, They're always so excited to go on this. Uh, And there's Grandpops with the two little ones. Um, Now, the main reason I'm showing you these two slides is because we had a fabulous day out on the train. Uh, We do this every year with them, and they're always saying, oh, when are we going on the train? Um, But we got onto the the train, into the buffet car, and they're always ready to have their pet lunch from about 9 o'clock onwards in the morning, when's lunchtime. Anyway, we sat down, and James went off to get something, and I took the two boys, and we sat down at the table, and there was a... You sit that side, Ben, and I'll sit this side with Josh. No, me want to sit with Grandpops. No, I want to sit with Grandpops. Grandpops is the best. Oh, right, fine, thanks. Um, so I said, Josh, can't you sit next to me? No, I want to sit next to Grandpops. Now, that sort of rejection I can handle. Now, do you know why they want to sit next to him? Have a look at this next slide. It's because he's never grown up. That's why. That's why. Now, we probably need to take it back off, otherwise we'll spend the whole time looking at James climbing a climbing frame. Um, that, that type of rejection is easy to handle. I'm just pleased that the kids are having fun and they think Grandpops is wonderful. Um, that's all good fun. But some rejection is far from fun. It hurts. Now, for me, I found this quite a hard topic to study and look at. Heather said in the first week that we have to be authentic, we have to be real, um, and that can make us vulnerable. Well, I have to say that's how I felt when I was preparing this talk. I felt vulnerable. Why? The honest answer would be, this is probably the biggest giant in my life, and one that I have not slain. You see, I've always had a problem with self-worth. Now, I know you're probably all sitting there saying, rubbish. She's confident, and she can talk, and she can stand up there on a Sunday. But you don't really know me. Those of you who really know me, I mean, really, really know me, know it's all an act. 
Um, one that I've learnt to carry off, mainly due to the job that I had to do. I was in charge of a lot of people. Now, have any of you done one of those Myers-Briggs personality tests? You know, the one that tells you if you're an introvert, an extrovert, you're a thinker or a doer. Well, I've done several over the years for various things. And I always come out as an introvert with learnt extrovert behaviour. So actually, me, real me, I'm an introvert. I would much rather go and hide in the corner. I was talking to Sheila about this before the service, and she knows just how I feel. Now, I suppose those of you who've ever felt rejected can look back to a certain event or a series of events in your life, and you can see what triggered it off. Well, for me, it all stems back to a few things. One being the fact that due to the circumstances around my birth, there were certain elements of the immediate family who actually felt I shouldn't even exist. I shouldn't be here. Um, and I always felt just that little bit less than my cousins. They all turned out to have amazing careers. One was a vet, one was a doctor, and one was a lecturer at Guildford University. Hey, that took some living up to. Um, but the one main event that sticks in my mind happened when I was a child. And probably, you know, to everybody else, this would be incredibly amusing. And it probably is, but to me it wasn't. Let me tell you what happened. Um, I've always been rather a chubby child. And I had trouble getting into my shorts for PE. <laughs> exactly, Derek. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, and I'd been saying to my mum for some time, my shorts are too small. But, you know, for one reason, I, d I can't remember. I'm sure there's a very legitimate reason I didn't get a new pair of shorts. Well, anyway, one day we had PE. I was in primary school. And I pulled these shorts on for dear life. And I got them on. But you know when you get something on, you go, then you can't breathe, let alone do PE. Anyway, I survived PE with these shorts on. But then I had to get them back off again. And we were in the changing rooms, and all the kids were getting ready, and I couldn't get these shorts off. I tried. They were stuck like glue to me. I couldn't get them off at all. So I had to put my summer dress on over the shorts and then like walk home like this. And then when I got home, I ran straight up to my bedroom. My mum was working, and my dad was at home. And I tried for about half an hour. By this time, tears were streaming down my face because I couldn't get these shorts off. And I had to wait for my mum to come home, and she actually had to cut them off me. Um, now, that's the sort of thing that stays with you. Um, as I said, I'd always been a rather a chubby child, and that was like the icing on the cake. That and always being picked last for the sports team, but I think we've all been there, haven't we? Um, my self-esteem probably at that point took the biggest nosedive ever. And that, point, and that combined with the failure of my first marriage, where the way I looked and my weight was cited as one of the reasons for my husband's infidelity, well... Pfft, things never really improved. So for me to stand here and talk to you this morning about slaying the giant of rejection seems utterly hypocritical, utterly hypocritical, because I haven't slayed this giant at all, not even a little bit, not so much as stepped on his big toe or put my tongue out at him, nothing. 
So with that background and very much thinking, what on earth am I doing standing up here this morning? I started looking at some famous people who'd been rejected. And one that immediately jumped to mind was Gladys Aylward. Now, she was one amazing lady. Her story was featured in the film The Inn of the Six Happiness that had Ingrid Bergman in it. I don't know whether anyone's seen it. She was a fantastic Christian who wanted to work for God as a missionary in China. However, she was unable to grasp the language quickly enough. She just couldn't get it. And she was actually rejected by the China Inland Mission. Not deterred, she worked as a housemaid for some time until she'd saved up money and in fact spent her life savings on an incredibly perilous journey as it was then, travelling across Siberia and Japan until she got to China. When she got there, she became a foot inspector. You know how the little girls used to have their feet bound? Well, a law was passed saying it couldn't happen, and she had to go around and inspect their feet. Um, She founded the Inn of the Six Happiness with another lady, and they took in orphans and they took in travellers all the time witnessing about Jesus. She intervened and saved many lives in a prison riot and then went on to try and reform prison things. But her most famous achievement was when she led over 100 orphans across the mountains to safety, despite being wounded herself. And that's what happened when Japan invaded in 1938. But, you know, despite everything she'd done for China, and it was a lot, she was rejected by China when she applied to return. And she actually had to go back to Taiwan to start the Gladys Aylward Orphanage where she worked until she died. This was a lady who didn't let rejection hold her back. She was determined to serve God. But it also got me thinking, well, have there been any other famous people who have been rejected? Well, here's just a couple. Walt Disney. He was fired from Kansas City Star in 1919 because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas go figure. Elvis Presley, uh uh-huh. After a performance in Nashville, he was told by a concert manager he would be better off returning to Memphis and driving trucks. And Albert Einstein, well, he didn't speak until he was four. He didn't read till he was seven, and he was expelled from school and was not not admitted to Zurich Polytechnic School And as I recall, he turned out to be quite clever, didn't he? So, you see, rejection, it's not just limited to me or the average person or to you. It does happen to famous people and supposedly successful people too. It's probably something that all of us have experienced at some times in our life, to a greater or lesser extent. People have rejected. We've been rejected from jobs. Uh, We might have been rejected at school or not felt we fitted in. We might have been rejected by our family. It's painful. It can produce scars. And it can leave you feeling worthless and a complete failure. But do you know what? We're in good company. Why? Because David suffered rejection too. Three times in a very short period of time, right leading up to the time when he went and faced Goliath. And each time he was rejected, it was kind of like a trying to stop him doing what he was meant to do. Now, the first time David was rejected was when his own brother, Eliab, rejected 
It was in 1 Samuel 17, 28. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Eliab was downright horrible to David. He accused him of being nosy and then of being neglectful of the sheep. And this was one of David's big brothers, probably someone he looked up to. It's got to have hurt him. And you know, it probably wasn't the first time Eliab had treated him like this because David replied, now what have I done? Kind of implies he's done it before. But why was Eliab like this to David? Well, I think there's a lesson in there for us too, you know. Because in 1 Samuel 16, Eliab had been rejected himself. He'd been overlooked when Samuel went to anoint David as king. And God had actually said, don't pick Eliab. He may look the part, but his heart's far from God. So he was rejected as being the king. And it had left him bitter, it had left him resentful, and it had left him angry. And that is what happens to us too. If we let this giant of rejection stay in our hearts. And worse too, just like Eliab, it means we push people away. You know, this giant of rejection, it's not just about us getting rejected, it's about us rejecting others too. So David was rejected by Eliab, but did it? he let it stop him? No. Well, that was the first time. When was the second time? Well, it was in 1 Samuel 17, 33. And this time, David was rejected by the king, not his big brother, the king. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. You're basically too young, and you're too inexperienced. What the heck do you think you're doing? Not only had his brother rejected him, but now the king, the king of Israel, was rejected him and saying he wasn't good enough. He was only too quick to point out that David's obvious inadequacies for the task. Did David let him stop him? No. The last person to reject David, well, this was a bit of a humdinger, really, and very difficult to take on the chin. It was Goliath. Goliath, the person he was going to go and fight, rejected him. He wasn't a good enough opponent. It says in 1 Samuel 17, He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give you flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Goliath was taunting David, playing on the fact that he was still a young lad. It was done purposely, and it was done to knock his confidence and insult him. Did David let this stop him? No. But do you know, David isn't the only example of rejection in the Bible. There's an even more amazing one. Jesus. Isaiah 53 says this. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. And again in Psalm 118, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. 
But you know, Jesus, he wasn't just rejected. He was rejected by those close to him and his very own people. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. It says in John 1 verse 11. Jesus knows what it's like to feel rejected. Isn't that an amazing comfort? Who could reject the Son of God? But they did. He knows how it feels. But you know, it's not just rejection itself that's a giant. It's the fear of rejection. That can be just as crippling. It can prevent us from doing God's work and blossoming in the life that he has given us. Now, I'm part of a WhatsApp group in this church with some really dear friends. We keep in touch pretty much most days. Sometimes it's, it's just inane chat. Um, but we support each other and we pray for each other. And even as I was typing up my notes for this talk, I was hearing from somebody in the group who was feeling very fearful. However, this same person sent an amazing little story through. And I just wanted to share it with you guys this morning. It's entitled Four Seeds. Once upon a time, four seeds were taken up by the wind and dropped into a clearing in the jungle. There they remained, hidden, walked into the ground by passing animals. Their dream was to grow to be beautiful trees, towering over the jungle. But they soon realized it would not be an easy task. Three monkeys also lived in the clearing who liked to amuse themselves by throwing bananas at any plant that tried to grow. They threw so many bananas at the seeds, it was almost impossible for them to take root. So they all agreed it would be better to wait for the group of monkeys to move on before they attempted to grow. And they waited. Weeks passed. Then one seed thought she would at least give it a go. But when she tried to grow, the monkeys pelted her with bananas, leaving her all folded over. After a few attempts, the other seeds asked her to stop trying. But she was determined to become a tree. She tried and she tried. On each occasion, the monkeys improved their aim and the little seed ended up doubled over again and again. But she didn't give up. Every time they pelted her, she tried even harder, despite her friends begging her to stop. For days, weeks and months, the little monkeys attacked that plant. Sometimes, when the monkeys got bored, the little plant got the chance to grow. But on their return, it would start all over again. Then one day, the monkeys hit her with a banana then another, and then another, but none made her stoop. The little tree had taken so many blows and doubled over so often, she was now full of hard knots and scars. Her slim trunk had gotten thicker and more resistant and could now withstand the impact of a banana. The little monkeys could not even uproot her from the ground. And there she stayed, growing and growing, until she became the most majestic tree in the jungle. Meanwhile, her friends remained hidden in the ground, waiting for the day the horrible monkeys would leave, never realizing they were the only ones capable of strengthening them. Like the little seedlings, we have all taken blows, 
but we have two choices. We can let them affect our growth or let them shape us and strengthen us. Now, I think that's a great little story. as the little seed that grew into a strong tree, did it against the odds, despite the attacks and the rejection of the monkeys. But, you know, that's all very uplifting, and it sounds a nice little story. But how does it actually help us defeat the giant of rejection? You know, we're in a battle. We're in a war. And I think we need a battle plan. And I'm going to suggest a four-point action plan for battle success. One, we first need to understand the miracle of our creation. It says in Psalm 139, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God, he doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. He made each of us and every one of us. And he made us uniquely, beautifully, intentionally, purposefully, and wonderfully. God doesn't make mistakes. Secondly, point two of our battle plan. We need to remember that God chose us. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. He actually chose me. He actually chose you. We are adopted into his family, not by accident, but by his choice. Wow. Thirdly, let us remember what it cost Jesus to save us. It cost him his life. He did that for me, and he did that for you. I think we might just have mattered to him just a little bit, don't you? He loved us so much, he was prepared to die for us. And point four of our battle plan. We need to remember that we are not living this life to gain acceptance. We are living this life having been accepted. We are living from acceptance not for it. People spend all their lives wanting to be better than the rest, frightened of not being good enough, frightened of rejection. But we have already been accepted. In John 6, it says, the one who comes to me, I certainly will not cast out. We have been accepted. Be still and think on that. We are accepted by God. It doesn't matter about anybody else. We are accepted by God. So, I said at the beginning of this talk, I shouldn't really be up here talking to you about this subject. I haven't conquered or slain the giant of rejection. And there lies the problem. I, me, I haven't slain the giant. I never will. But that's the whole point.
This whole series is not about me and you slaying the giants in our life. This series is entitled Jesus, Jesus the Giant Slayer. Jesus is the giant slayer. It's about me and you letting him slay the giant. And it's about us remembering that four-point action plan. Remembering God made me and you just as he wanted us. He chose us. Remembering just how much he loved us. And remembering we are already accepted. Now, I really wish this giant of mine could be slain with a blink of an eye. Some are, you know. Some go and are slain just like that. I think mine is going to take a bit longer. I think there are going to be several battles before victory is won. But I think I'm also going to let Jesus do this for me. So as I'd ask the band to come back up, I'd like to tell you about a, a song that we're going to sing. It's a new song, I think, probably to some of you, but it's got these words in it. So I asked Paul if, if we could have it. It's, Every giant will fall, the mountains will move. Every chain of the past you've broken into. Over fear, over lies, we're singing the truth. That nothing is impossible with you. And I hope you can sing those words and mean them. So as we leave this morning, let me ask you these questions. Do you feel lost and rejected? Do you actually reject others? Do you somehow just not feel good enough? Have circumstances and people made you feel unwanted? Are you frightened of rejection so much so that you are paralyzed from growing into the person God wants you to be? Well, how about we do this together, eh? I'm going to try and remember the four-point battle plan and let Jesus take the reins in my life and slay giant rejection. How about you? Amen. This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.